Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Every people, every people has an origin story. Every people hold a creation story. Hinduism holds that Brahma created out of himself. Islam says Allah joined heaven and earth together. Buddhism holds there is no greater force. It says the universe just is, which is in its own way, its own sort of origin story. Only Christianity, though, only in Christianity, is the creation story also the line-for-line reclamation story. Only in Christianity does salvation mirror creation, where God is creator and savior. He is author and main character. He is beginning and end. Let me remind you, in the beginning, the Bible starts. In the beginning, before the NFL or Netflix, before going viral or coronavirus, before kings and queens, presidents or prime ministers, before people, before paradise, before serpents, before sin, in the beginning, The world was formless and void. There was nothingness, emptiness, beyond what we can begin to imagine. In the beginning, there was absence and darkness, and the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and it was good light. And God kept speaking, and and creation unfolded, becoming kangaroos and college funds and ocean resorts and annual reports and love and hope and truth and light and man and woman, and it was good. But you know the story. Evil slithered in on the promise and a deception And brokenness was woven into the tapestry of humanity, and that's where we pick up the story. A lie promised to humanity that we could be like God. And we were undone. God was not dismayed. He saw that promise, the lie of the evil one, and he made his own promise to restore and redeem and renew, to take what was broken and make it whole. And then the prophets he sent put voice to his promise of a rescue and a repair. The prophet Isaiah 700 BC says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned for to us 
A child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, the Word of God created in the beginning. From nothing he created something, and from darkness he created light. The word of God was active and alive, and then a serpent and a fall and a sin and a curse, and the word of God all of a sudden had more work to do. Back then, the word of God as as delivered by Isaiah promised hope from the people's despair the light for people walking in darkness, a dawn for people lost in the night because sin creates an absence. Sin creates an absence. Sin can't exist in God's presence because sin creates absence. Because sin is death. And God is life. And death cannot coexist with life. They are separate and distinct. They are warring powers. They are dark and light. In the garden, the darkness of the human heart meant that humanity was separated. Adam and Eve and you and me were expelled, cast out, given to the death we had chosen. No longer in God's presence, because of that sin, there was now absence. Sort of like outer space. Sort of like black holes, if you think about it. Black holes, he says. Did he really just say that? On Christmas, she says. Are you sure he's on the right page? The gravitational pull of a black hole means that everything goes in and nothing can come out. Nothing can escape the will of the black hole. It has a pull that drags everything down. It pulls everything in. It robs the universe of light. It creates in its own will an absence. It's super condensed, super compressed energy diving into the abyss. It is absence and it is darkness and it is hopelessness. Because while there is an escape velocity with all gravitational fields, an escape velocity, how fast an object must travel to break through gravity, it still feels hopeless. Earth has an escape velocity. For people to be on the moon, for the rover to get to Mars, we must meet the escape velocity. So Earth, with its friction and its atmosphere, there's a, a velocity, a speed we must reach to get there. To escape Earth's gravitational pull, one must go seven miles per second. 25,000 miles per hour for those counting at home, which is not great on fuel economy, but is doable. Now, for the black hole, however, the escape velocity is, well, it's the speed of light. 
which is not seven miles per second. It's 186,000 miles per second, which is 26,000 times faster than what it takes to escape Earth. And so if you're considering, maybe in this moment, trying to get your minivan out of a black hole, you're going to need to find a way to get it to 670 million miles per hour. And that's not even taking into consideration that space has curvature and geography and actual, for real, breaks in the space-time continuum once you get too close to a black hole. So nothing, not even light, can get out. Nothing, not even light, can escape. The black hole won't let it out. The only way to eliminate darkness is then to illuminate darkness, but we would need a much greater light than the light we know. So there is nothingness, and there is emptiness, there is absence, and there is darkness. This cosmic reality is then mirrored in our own hearts. Where darkness has entered into the human heart, there is a black hole of sorts. There's an escape velocity that you and I can't reach. There's a lie of evil and darkness. It has a pull that's stronger than our ability to overcome it. Because sin is death, and death cannot coexist with life. Even one sin is enough to separate us from our Creator. No matter how hard we work, how hard we try, we cannot escape that darkness. Our light, simply put, is not enough. But the word through the prophet promises a greater light. And the prophet Isaiah makes a promise. He says, The sun will be, no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. The sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. These are promises from the word about a people and a darkness and a child and a great light that is to come. In a world awash in darkness, 700 years removed from Isaiah's message of hope, 400 years of silence that anyone had last heard from God at all. In a long, long, long way since those first words in the beginning, God spoke again. God's word spoke again. And when God's word spoke again, the beginning was not forgotten. John, a witness to it all, wrote this, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind, life and light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hope persisted in darkened hearts that the Creator could overcome the lie, that light could break on through, that the promises of good— would undo the deceptions of evil, that there was a promised child, that there was light and life, that a wonderful counselor and a mighty God was promised to a virgin. Oh, holy night. That the Messiah, the Savior to be called Emmanuel, God with us, the Word, the Word among us. 
the true light, John says again, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And through the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The word was with us. The word that made us walked among us. But he was unrecognized. He was rejected. He was here to redeem. He was God. He was Jesus, Emmanuel, sent to be the presence that would overcome the absence. Don't miss it. Jesus was sent to be the presence that would overcome the absence. Because his presence was the only possible way. The escape velocity of humanity was Jesus. The way out of the hole we dug for ourselves was and could only be Jesus. His presence to overcome the absence. The only way to eliminate the darkness was to illuminate the darkness with a light that was greater than the darkness. A light whose pull was stronger than the pull of darkness. So in the human heart, in the human soul, in your spirit and in mine, there was a lie that was leading us to death. There was absence and darkness. And the Spirit of God hovered over you and over me, unwilling to release the night. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. The creation and the reclamation, the creation and the salvation, it was Jesus. The creation story and the recreation story, it was Jesus all along. It was Jesus in a manger, setting the stage for a cross and then an empty tomb and a rescue like no other. And in that moment, in that manger, love and hope and truth and light returned. Because the light of the world, the author of life, came to undo the darkness to redeem the night, and to crush the lie. Friends, Christmas is Jesus' dawn upon the dark night of humanity because sin and death created an absence. The word of life chose to become present. And in Jesus, and for those who find themselves in Jesus, Darkness was illuminated, and darkness was eliminated, and the people walking in darkness have now seen a great light. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your presence. Lord, we are grateful for a story that had an ending in mind from the beginning that had an author that was able to to make a way where there seemed to be no way. Father, we're grateful for a season to celebrate all of the good things that culture has made it and the, the gifts and the songs and the lights and the cheer, the family and the food. Father, thank you for those good things. 
But God, drive us back to the original meaning. Drive us back to the creation story. Father, drive us back to a time when there was darkness and the Word spoke light. In each and every heart in this place, Father, I pray that you would illuminate those dark corners. That you would find each place where we are still living in darkness and God, you would invade. Father, we pray for those in this room and for those in this town and for those in our world that are struggling through the darkness of season. God, I pray that it would be your light to illuminate the night, that it would be Jesus creating a dawn upon the night of the season. Father, we are thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for Christmas. We're thankful for his birth, his death, his resurrection, and the salvation it brings us. Father, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon, every Sunday, in person or online. Thanks for listening.